Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and boy do we have a show for you today. We're going to be talking about the International Film Festival in Burbank. We're also going to be talking about Octonaut Slime Time and Let Hope Rise. But right now we're going to be talking about a anniversary of a very special film, Top Gun with Morgan. Thank you very much, Morgan, for coming on the show. Why, thank you for having me, Keeper. Now... I am going to admit something. As much of a Tom Cruise fan I am, I have not seen Top Gun, and all the um, film buffs in the room are now booing at me. I haven't seen it, I know, but the only thing I remember from it is I have the need, the need for speed. So let's talk about this anniversary. I'm assuming that you've seen the film. Yes, I have. It was simply fantastic. Now, uh, if I'm correct, you saw this at the International Film Festival in Burbank, right? Yes, I did. They had uh, multiple films, and Top Gun was one of the feature films that we got to see. So, uh, was there anything? Did, did you just see the show, or was there actually? Any, did you just see the movie, or was there something else that you want that happened with this, like a panel or anything like that, a Q and A? No, it was just the film. That's it. Oh, that's a shame. Tom Cruise just could have gone through the curtains and be like, "I'm here, everybody." I would so, um, that. <laughs> I would. That would be amazing. So. Again, this is the uh, this is the famous Top Gun film. So, um, first of all, have you seen? Is this the first time you saw Top Gun? Yes, it is. And my um, my mom and dad were huge fans of it. And they were like, "Oh my gosh, we're gonna let Morgan see this." I was like, "Okay." I trust my parents pretty well in movie cho- choosing. Um, and the movie was actually really good, and I really did like it. And I think that it was um, really well done because we have outstanding characters and A plus cast. We also have such an emotion um, roller coaster. I was crying and laughing and smiling. And this was probably one of the best things about this film. And it really brought it to life. And then we have a wonderful storyline and great memorable lines are very original. It's a quick, the quick witted one liners just stick with you. It was just like a really great film with everybody in it because they really did put a lot of commitment into this and you could tell that they all really wanted this and they were all very happy. Now, we have one of the best action stars of our day in this film and in his earlier years in film. So let's talk about the action in this film and how, how it lives up. The action in this film is terrific. We have the fighter um, airplanes just going up in the air, and you're like, wow, this is what's happening. And you're like, you get to see aerial views um, with the terrific uh, airplanes, and you're just like, this happened? Oh, my gosh. And it's <laughs> just, it's amazing the way they portrayed it and showed it. And it's just like, wow, so cool, because you're watching it, and you're like, oh, my gosh, those are what they looked like? This is how much they cost? And you're just like, wow, these people go through a lot of difficulty in order to fly these things because these schools are pretty strict and very hard, I can tell. Now, flying, 
I cannot believe what they go through. I cannot. It's just. It's very strict, as you mentioned, and I love flying, but to fly in these jets would be an absolute experience. I would love to be able to fly in one of those jets. Just to be going at that that kind of speed would be amazing. Now, um, what would you say is your um, your favorite scene in the film? Uh, my favorite scene is probably when I have to say. When Mr. Maverick, Tom Cruise, uh, first meets Charlie, mm -hmm. Kelly, and um, McGillis, and they first meet, and he sings to her, and she's just like, oh my gosh, I uh -huh. love that song. And it was just hysterical and just too darn cute for words. And I think that was funny that Maverick was trying to get close to Charlie and be like, let's get close and be best friends and go on and live our lives together. And Charlie was kind of playing along like, That'd be nice, but I'm still keeping my boundaries, you know. I do have both. A little bit of romance in there, a little bit of um, sauciness right there. But yes, again, you need a little... Yes? Yes, because this film does have a terrific um, blend. We have, it, it's perfect because I love this film. We have uh, adventure, comedy, drama... Uh, and so much more all put together into this brilliant film, and it really just compounds it. And it's like, no wonder it's its 30-year anniversary, because I can definitely see people still loving it to this day. Definitely. It's definitely a nice little cult film. I mean, it, it did get, get quite a following. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. And this we just got done talking about, let, we're going to be talking about Let Hope Rise, Octonaut Slime, and, um, Slime Time, and also the International Burbank Film Festival. We're going to continue talking to Morgan about Top Gun, the 30th anniversary. So, what would, we just mentioned that this film has everything. It has romance, comedy, drama. So, what would you say is, the, um, is your favorite character in the film? Oh my gosh, I'd say that it's Maverick, Tom Cruise, because he's the cold drink of water. He has the slick hair, a cute smile, I'm just totally like, I bet if you put him on the big screen, which I got to see it in, I was just like, I'm having Snoopy Heart. He's just so cute. And I love it when he flirts with Charlie, it's just like, oh my gosh, I wish I was there. I'm like, I cannot believe she did not start flushing because he is the hottest guy in the room. And I love that he um, he loves danger, and he really brought the character to life because he's quick witted. Quick witted. He's very cute, and he just you can tell that he wants a need for adventure. And I have the need, the need for speed. Speed, <laughs> definitely. That's and that's become a very iconic line for Tom Cruise's career. And I don't know why. It just seems like every time Tom Cruise is wearing sunglasses, the box office goes up. Top Gun, whoop. Um, Jerry Maguire, whoop, um, let's see, I'm, oh, what, Mission Impossible, whoop, so many of these films, it's like, when he ever wears sunglasses, it's just, it's, everyone just rushes to it, just those sunglasses, man. All the girls rush to it, all the girls rush to it to see the abs and everything. Oh, that too, that's, that's also another plus, that's, that's the eye candy for them, for Tom Cruise. And of so, course, but, yes, we do have those fantastic scenes in this film as well. And I think that it's um, really great that they had him in here with the mix of Anthony Edwards, who plays Goose. And he's like the funny yes. best friend and wingman for Maverick. And I cried my eyes out when one of the 
um, wingman um, and one of the pilots died. It was just so sad, and I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot stop crying. Oh, spoilers! Spoilers! She ne yes. Something you haven't seen it yet. And then lastly, we have Charlie, who is um, Annie, um, Kelly, and McGillis, and she's just the adorable cute, uh, teacher that all the boys want to flirt with and date. And I love that uh, they had an outstanding female character who was a great role model for girls like myself. And she is smart yes. and a, a kind and one of the kinds you can hold your own in a room full of male fighter pilots who mm -hmm. like rarely ever get to see women because you know they're out in war and they're like they don't want the men getting distracted with all the glam glitz. So she really brings out this part of Charlie and uh, I just just love her and she was perfect for this part really. Yes, and also I want to mention the late Tony Scott who directed this, and there's something about action directors that I have to admire, because I don't even know how they do it. Sometimes these sequences and sometimes these, uh, these series of like a lot of activity going on, how do you choreograph, how do you block it, and how are you able to like be able to do that and still like just, as the creative aspect, just like put it all together. So uh, I just had to mention that because there's just there's a lot, from what I'm hearing, a lot's going on, especially with flying, a lot of flying scenes, so that, that takes a certain talent. Now, um, I want to mention also, uh, what would you say, um, why do you feel like this film has a falling, like what particularly makes this film special for, some, for a lot of people? You know what, I would say that everything really, it just really was a pam and a very big wow, and it was like, OMG, it's so cool and so amazing, and it was composed by Kenny Loggins. And she composed it wonderfully. We have great music. And I enjoyed the way that they added just a little something to every scene to make it really come out on top of the others. And it was just like, every scene was just perfection. And you really loved it. And it, they did this by including the actors, the scenery, and the music all together, which were just like, wowzers. <laughs> and I think that was really uh, just special because we have so many wonderful actors a great story, the emotional roller coaster ride. We have the drama. We have so much, and the the romance, everything really. And the, I think that they have cute couples in here, which are just really adorable. Yes. But I think one of the, one of the major things about it was even though that it was made thirty years ago, it looks like it could be at the box office today, really. And the subject matter is still relevant today, and the United States has wonderful elite fighter pilots that yes, are supplies to keep us safe every day. And nobody really thinks about it. They're like, war's happening, you know, fire, fighter pilots, everybody's out there. Um, we're going to be safe in, in our own little bubble. But no, the truth is, is that people's lives are being ruined, and families are being ruined because they're losing loved ones. Definitely. a little bit about that. And we Definitely. all need to remember our great military that protects us. And in case you guys are listening, thank you so much for everything that you've done for us. And just thank you. Very good words, Morgan. Thank you very much for talking about the 30th anniversary of Top Gun. It's been a pleasure as always. Now, please go check check out Top Gun. If you have your, if you have your, still have your VHS version of it or DVD, pop it in just for, just for kicks because it's the 30th anniversary. And I would say that the perfect age range for this is probably 10 to 18 and up. But um, there's just like a little minor cussing, but it's very little. And if you have not seen it, I would recommend that you do pop it in there. And adults will love this movie and enjoy rewatching it or catching up on a great movie that they missed. And I would give this 5 out of 5 F-16 shooting stars.
Hi. Wonderful. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Gumby's, the 60 Series, Volume 2. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hello and welcome back to kids first coming attractions i'm your host keeper blakesley and we just got done talking about the 30th anniversary of top gun now right now we're gonna be talking about let hope rise and also we're going to stay stay tuned because we're going to be talking about octonauts slime time and the international burbank film festival right now here with shelby and samantha to talk about let hope rise thank you for being on the show you two so let's get right into it uh so samantha tell us a bit about what this film is well this film is basically about a very popular christian pop band that writes and produces their own songs and then performs in front of a lot of people that travel hours to see them and listen to their very inspiring songs Now, this is a documentary, I believe, right? That's how the style of the film is? Yes, it is. So um, let's talk about that. So what made this story particularly interesting from a documentary standpoint? Well, they did talk about the story of, like, the history of Hillsong. So it was kind of like a story. And to me, it wasn't really like a documentary. Like, usually documentaries are, like, just full of, like, facts and, um, like, but this film was very... It had a story to tell, which I found very fun and interesting to watch. That's what usually documentaries are. Documentaries are pretty much showing a real-life event uh, take place and unfold, because that's and a story unfolding in front of us. So, um, Shelby, um, tell us a bit about what you thought of the film. Um, well, I watch a lot of documentaries, and I felt like this one was uh, particularly special because uh, you get to learn a lot about, uh, as Samantha said, the history, but you also get to learn about the bandmates. And I just find it so interesting that Hillsong has had like a bunch of number ones on the U.S. Christian albums uh, sales. And um, Joel Houston, he says in the film, 
He says, we are the biggest band that you don't know. And as I was watching the film, I realized that I knew like a bunch of the songs and it was just crazy how I didn't even know the name of the band or the name of the songs, but I just, I've heard them before. So I think that it was, it wasn't a documentary. It's more like a worship experience because you got to see the concert and what it was like and how the words were affecting people. Very interesting. That seems like an really interesting style. So, um, um, Shelby, tell us a bit about, uh, like, was what was the purpose of this film that you felt that the filmmakers were trying to convey? Was it trying to make to make these uh, to make this band more well known, or for something for another reason? Well, um, I found it very interesting when I was listening because uh, Joel Houston, he's like the um, he's the band leader of uh, Hillsong. And he was talking about how he was so against making this film um, because he didn't want to he didn't want the band to get more famous or for people to listen to their songs. Um, he makes a point in the film that the band and the music, it's for God. And so um, I think the purpose of this film is just to show people um, what is it like to believe in something so much. And um, I also think that the the band wanted to make this film to show to people that words can heal, that music can heal, and it has an effect on people. Very interesting. Now, uh, Samantha, do you have anything to add on to what Shelby just said? Um, actually, she kind of said everything that like I was thinking about how it just shows how like it just people have things to like to believe in, and some people are very passionate about what they believe in. And when you have something to believe in, you can be very inspired, and it'll guide you, kind of. Well, it sounds like it's a very powerful film and a very spiritual experience. Now, um, what kind of songs do they kind of uh, have, in, uh, have in this film? Because, again, this is the band there. We see them perform. So um, how influential is the music towards this film? Does it, like, drive this film? Uh, I'm going to go to um, Samantha on that one. Um, yeah, it does. They had some parts where they were, like, performing in front of a lot of people with like, the karaoke lyrics, and I actually didn't know any of their songs, but when, <laughs> while reading the lyrics, like, I was really, like, inspired. Like, they had, um, lyrics about believing in something, and once you have something to believe in, you really will find your way. And they had a lot of things about being strong, how you need to be strong for yourself and others around you. And just things like that really inspired me and I find like I can understand why people find them so inspirational certainly and I can only imagine seeing this on the big screen in the theater and just having the audience because uh, that's why I love the movie theaters because you get to be a part of like a you get to see the you get to see the reactions of other people surrounded by you and I can just only imagine watching this with many other, many other people you've seen the kids first coming attractions I'm your host keeper Blakesley and this show is sponsored by Gumby, the 60 series, volume two. We're going to continue our conversation with Samantha and Shelby on Let Hope Rise. And then we're going to continue talking about films, Octon the Octonauts, Slime and Slime Time, and the Burbank International Film Festival. Now, um, Shelby, uh, as I mentioned before about the audience experience and how to see us on the big screen. So uh, can you tell us anything about like how the, uh, if you saw this, in the in theaters, like how people reacted. If you noticed anything that was that, because um, since this is like a this is like almost like filming a live concert, did you feel like there was any more like participation with the audience? 
Well, um, as Samantha said before, there are lyrics at the bottom that you can follow along to. And when I saw the film um, in the beginning, uh, some of the band members were saying, uh, you know, you guys can sing as loud as you want. And um, actually, when I was watching the film, there was a lady behind me and she was just singing and like raising her arms and just really getting involved with the music. And I saw other people being affected by the music. And it I don't know, it it was a different experience that I've ever had in a movie theater before and especially mm -hmm. seeing a documentary. And so, I mean, I even found myself like crying a little bit because the words were just hitting me so hard. So, I mean... I think that this documentary really does make you feel something. And I think it'd be really beautiful to see how other people are affected by it. Definitely. That's why I love going to movie theaters because you just, I mean, there's just, there's a just feeling of being with other people and experiencing, I certainly with a film like this. Now, um, Samantha, what would you say is, um, if you can pick out a particular song that really touched you? Oh my goodness. Um, I don't think I can. Like you said, if you can, I don't think I can. All the songs were like so inspirational and so powerful. And I don't really think I can pick a favorite, actually. I mean, they were all kind of saying about being strong and being powerful. And they, to me, they were all kind of similar. But in their own, like, I think that they're all very similar, but they're all very inspirational at the same time. So I don't think I'd be able to pick one. All right, um, maybe I can get something on Shelby. What do you think? <laughs> um, well, actually, I did some research. Their number one song that it's also featured in the film, it's called Oceans, and uh, it's their number one single, and I think that just the, the words were just so beautiful. I don't know. Um, I think it's because of the voice. There's this uh, girl, Talia, who sings it, and just listening to her voice, it's just... Oh, it's so beautiful. Like, it's so beautiful. Like, that's the only way to describe it. <laughs> well, that's that's good. I think, I don't know. Music for me is, like, I'm not the biggest, like, music listener. Everyone says, like, what kind of music to listen to? And, like, I don't have, like, a large library of music. But it's just, like, there's just certain songs that just, like, really make me feel something. Just make you just, I, to me, fly. And uh, these films, sounds like this kind of film, I... I I, I think I've listened to some of these songs, and again, as you said, like I've heard some of these songs, but I just cannot connect a name with the um, uh, with the songs. Which brings up a point: Do you feel like now that the now that this band has been like exposed in like a film, do you feel that that's changed the music at all? Because you now like connect a band with a face, if that a, a song with a face, if that like I don't know particularly damages it or if it just like changes your um your thinking towards this music i'm gonna start with samantha on that one um no i don't really think so i mean if you like a song i don't think the people behind it like really matter um and also like they were saying how they're doing it purely just spread the word of god so i don't think that it should be changed in any way i mean the reason that they're doing it is like beautiful in its own sense so i don't think the songs really change at all once you find out like who sings it and, like, how popular they really are. Um, Shelby, would you like to add on that? Um, I agree with you, but at the same time, I kind of disagree because I felt like while watching this documentary, it this documentary takes over, like, a year or so, and you see them, they're staying up till, like, 6 a.m., you know, trying to figure out the perfect lyric, and there is one song that 
the guy, he didn't even have the lyric done until 77 minutes till their concert. So I think the music, I don't think it changes the face of the music, but I think it adds more importance to it because mm -hmm. you see how much time that they're really trying to craft um, really inspirational and really meaningful lyrics. That's very interesting. So, um, Samantha, how many stars would you give this film? I would give this film five out of five stars because honestly, it was so amazing, so powerful, and very inspirational. And, Shelby, who would you recommend this for? Not only age, but just the people who would see this film. I would say ages uh, 12 to 18. And I think that this this documentary, like, although it's a Christian documentary, it's not like one of those documentaries where it's forcing you to believe in something. I think as long as people have an open mind, people that love music, um, people that need healing, and uh, people that are just interested in it, I think that you should definitely check it out because it. either way, you're going to learn something and you're going to feel something. That is a very important point to make, Shelby. Thank you very much for talking about it. Also, thank you so much, for Samantha, for talking about Let Hope Rise. This film is out in theaters now, so if you're feeling like going out for some, listening to some good music, go check out Let Hope Rise. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Gumby, the 60 Series Volume 2. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hello welcome back from the break i'm your host keeper blake saying welcome to kids first coming attractions we just got done talking about let hope rise of samantha and shelby right now with a wonderful morgan from southern california talking about octonauts the slime time dvd thank you very much Morgan, for being on the show thank you so much for having me keeper of course. Now let's talk about this DVD. Um, Octonauts is out with another collection of their episodes. It's a wonderful little, It's a wonderful show uh, talking about the what lives underwater. So I'm um, telling us about what this show, what this DVD collection, particularly its theme. Well, basically, it uh, tells us about oceanic creatures and the creatures that live in the ocean, 
and it especially talks about fascinating creatures, which include algae, snot sea cucumbers, slime eels, marine iguanas, mud skippers, wow. sea skeeters, sea pigs, and even giant squid. And it's a really great DVD that is educational, exciting, interesting, and just fun to watch, really. Now, see, if I was just a little bit younger, I would still watch Octonauts because that's that's I love the ocean. The ocean always has fascinated me. Of just it's we know more about space than we know about the ocean. So it's fascinating what we've discovered and the creatures we found. So uh, tell us about some of the particular episodes that you enjoyed. Well, one of my favorite episodes, to tell you the truth, is probably Green Iguanas because it was fun to watch. And I had no idea that these creatures existed. And to learn about them was actually very incredible. And this episode is also a bit of a mystery and kind of quirky, which I really like. And we learned quite a lot. And I love seeing what they looked like in person at the end of the creature report. That was just simply fantastic and very amusing. Now, um, you mentioned that you uh, that it was just it was particularly entertaining and you enjoyed it. What uh, what are some specific examples of that made that makes this show entertaining? Well, um, one of the best things is probably that they have so many fun characters mm -hmm. because the characters really bring the um, DVD to life because we have Shellington, Kent Wickham, who is probably my absolute favorite because he's good-hearted and he's very inquisitive and he knows a lot about oceanic creatures. And I think that he does an amazing job of voicing this character, and I like the way that he adds brilliance and friendliness to this character. We also have Tweak, who is a smart southwestern rabbit, played by Joe Wyatt. We have Captain Barnacle, Simon Greenwall, a kind polar bear, who is the captain of the ship. Dashy, Teresa Gilgar, an adorable dog. Peso, Paul Painting, an adorable <laughs> little penguin. Quaz, Rob's Rackstar, a daredevil cat pirate. And we also have a wonderful gang of all kinds of animals, and even Vegemals, who are like these weird, adorable, um, kind of like turnip things, um, played by Michael Murphy. And they're just too cute for words, with all kinds of different personalities coming together. And they all, like, ha they just bring us into this wonderful world of the ocean and help us learn about some fantastic creatures. And we actually really just have a fun idea of what, what they're doing and everything. And it's just perfect for kids who want to be marine biologists because it sparks <laughs> up their imagination. And it kind of tells them that you can explore the ocean and this is what this creature does. And it kind of gives them a good head start if they want to be marine biologists into that category of science. Definitely. And I feel like this, it's really cute what they do in this, in this show. Because I've, I will admit, I've, I've channel surfed before and I have seen Octonauts like on it. And it's, I find it just, it's just a very adorable show that's able to teach kids in an entertaining way about AMC creatures and what goes on under the sea. Uh, but let's talk about the animation because it is bright and colorful. Um, what did you think about it? I think the animation is very bright and colorful and it's um, very simple. It looks so simple because you can see the shapes that they drew and everything. But at the same time, it's very, um, it's complex at the same time, and I like that about this, because it's so amazing the way they did that, and you're like, wow, that's so cool. And I just really did love that they added all the details to the characters, and 
octopods and all that because it just really adds to this DVD. And it makes mm -hmm. you just want to watch it. And I think that's one of the greatest reasons of why it's perfect for kids because it's fun and colorful and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I want to tune in to see Quasi or tune in to see Shillington, my favorite character or whatever. And they'll be like, I want to see these characters again and again because they're just uh, so adorable and just so simple but yet so complex at the same time. That sounds, uh, it sounds like this has some really fun animation, really does. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley, and we just got done talking about Let Hope Rise and the Top Gun anniversary. We'll also be talking about the Burbank International Film Festival. This show is also sponsored by Gumby's 60 Series Volume 2. We're going to continue our conversation with Morgan about Octonauts. So, what would you say is your favorite, what would you say is the most fascinating information you got about a creature? I have to say the most fascinating information that I got was probably about, I'd say the marine iguanas, because I didn't even know they existed, and I think that was actually very cool how they ate seaweed, and I had no idea that they ate seaweed had so much salt in it, I didn't really think about that, but they ended up like sneezing out salt, and that's how they get rid of it. And that was actually a very a very complex way of learning about that because they were sneezing a lot, and I was like, why the heck are they sneezing? I, I thought they had allergies or something, and they tell me, no, they sneeze out salt. I'm like, well, okay, that explains why there was a little uh, white trail out of their <laughs> nose bits, and, I, and they had white noses, too, from all the salts. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, if you have, like, a baked potato, you'd be like, ah, it's just a little bit bland. Achoo! Oh, wonderful. <laughs> that's a little, that's a little thing to add to taste there. That's wonderful. So, uh, what would you say is your favorite? Hmm? An endless supply of salt would be carried with you. Yep. Unlimited supply of salt. Achoo! Ah. Now, what would you say is your favorite creature? Um, I think From one of the, uh, my favorite creature besides marine iguanas was probably the mudskippers. Because uh, they were actually, like, really funny. And they were all very competitive because they compete for mud. And that was also a very interesting fact. So it was hysterical because they were like, I'm better than you. And they had like these weird Italian accents. And it was just <laughs> hysterical the way they were talking. So it's like, I am better than you. And it's like, no, I'm better than you. And it's, it's just really funny that how they had three of them and they were all competing. But yet they were all like, Quasi's the best. No, Peso's the best. No, Captain Barnacle's <laughs> the best. And it was really funny how they were all so competitive. And it just made me want to laugh. Now, you mentioned the voice, the voices, um, so uh, let's talk more about the voice actors in this show. The voice actors all did really amazing jobs, because we have Shellington, who, he's played by Kent Wickham, and he's actually a very good-hearted and very inquisitive bear, and he knows a lot about uh, oceanic creatures, so I really like the way that he added just brilliance and friendliness to his character. And we have Tweek, who's Joe Watt. She's a southwestern rabbit, so she had to do that southern draw and, you know, kind of had that accent. And I think she did really great at portraying that, which I'm like, oh, I think that I bet she is probably really from the south because her accent was really, really well done. And if she isn't, well, Howie, she's doing a wonderful job. Then we have Captain Barnacles, who's Simon Greenwall, and he's actually very kind. You can tell that his voice is... It's a little bit deep, and I kind of like that. And he's very, very controlling, but he doesn't do it like, do this, like he yells at them. He's very kind, mm -hmm. tells them, can you please do this? So that's like also a really great thing about this show is that it also teach ki uh, teaches kids manners as well, which I really liked. 
And then we have Dashi, who is Teresa Grenonal, who's an adorable little dog. And her voice is just simply adorable and fits the character very well. And Peso is like Paul Painting. He's actually very shy, and you can tell that he, he just wants to help the animal creatures. And they should have yeah. all right, which was just very kind of him. There's, there's, I understand a lot of cats, a lot of voice actors in this show. They're very talented because voice acting is a very hard thing to do. You have to totally put all your emotions in just in your voice. So, uh, and you can make all. You, there's so many very talented voice actors, especially in the show. So, how many stars would you give this show, and what would you say the age range would be? I give this four and a half out of five oceanic starfish. That good. And what would you say the age range would be? Um, I'd say that it's probably 4 through 18 and up. Kids will love the animation and would love to learn about the terrific creatures, while the older kids and adults will probably learn new things about these stupendous creatures and might even learn about a couple that they had never heard of. So, Kiefer, I know you are in the age between 4 and 18, so you can still watch this. Well, thank you for, for the permission, Morgan. Now I know that I can... It's and I know your age range is 4 from 18. That means I can watch it now. Look at that. Good. Yeah, not to <laughs> that, that brightens my day. I'm going to go right after the show. I'm going to go right off and see Octonauts. All right. Well, thank you very much, Morgan. We're talking about Octonauts Slime Time. It's been a pleasure. This show is out on DVD now, so please go check it out on your local local shops. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Gumby's The 60 Series, Volume 2. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Keeper Blake, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just got done talking about Octonaut Slime Time, Let Hope Rise, and the 30th anniversary of Top Gun. Right now we're talking to Morgan. Did we just interview you? My word, you're coming up everywhere. Well, we're going to be talking about her experience at the Burbank International Film Festival. So, Morgan, let's get right into it. 
I gotta say, I love going to film festivals. It's just a great atmosphere full of people, full of, especially with the audience members, because these are people who love movies equally as much. Uh, we, we all love movies and we all enjoy them and we have like a passion for them. And you meet so, so many amazing people at the film festival. So talk about your experience there. Oh my gosh, my experience there was amazing. It was four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then it was just so much fun because it's its eighth annual event to screen more than 150 films by independent filmmakers. Events include wow. world premieres of these fantastic films, the special presentations, the awards, and the festivities. And it was just a blast, to tell you the truth. Now, see, the thing, the special thing about film festivals, and there's a lot of them out there, is that they do promote so many, like, independent filmmakers who some of these independent filmmakers a lot of the directors you see nowadays who are doing all these theological re releases were independent filmmakers and it's just a great way for you to share your work as an artist as a filmmaker at these festivals and it's just i love going and see them because sometimes independent films are sometimes better than what's out right now what kind of films did you see there um, besides the 30th anniversary of top gun well, they also had the 30th anniversary of the screening of Aliens, which was so much fun. Then we had Top Gun, like you said. The family-friendly programming, which was the 45th anniversary screening of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, and it was just so much fun because not only that, we also got to see incredible films. But one of the weird things about it was they had two theaters at the AMC at Burbank in 16. And we had to choose which one because they had two of them. So it was like at like 10 to 11 or whatever, 11.30, we're going to be playing foreign films in Theater 8, and then uh, we're going to be playing documentaries in Theater 11. Which one are we going to go to? So I missed out on quite a few of these films, which I'm very upset about, but I did get, I loved the ones that I got to see. Thursday was actually the humorous night because they had comedy, and so we got to uh, see everything from school mascots, dating guys, dance lessons, the theft of a Stratus violin, a crazy theater cast who are just nuts, a pencil collector, to even a jailbreak, and so much more. See, the thing with the film festivals is that I, it's impossible to see all of them. You just can't see every film, and sometimes just like, ah, I wish I went to go see these films. Like, uh, when I went to the AFI, I was so disappointed when I didn't get to see Timbuktu, which was another film that came out during that time. But, um, talking about, um, continuing with, the, with Burbank, uh, what were some particular films that, like, the, yeah, the highlights of the films you saw? Um, I'd say the definite highlights were probably was one of my absolute favorite films of the Thursday evening was Terrence because it was a little romantic, very silly, and just too cute. Plus, the story was also very original. And it's about a girl who finds a guy that she really likes, but she's just too shy to really t uh, tell him who she is. So she wears her school mascot suit to all their dates with each other. And I just thought I was hysterical and smiled through the whole film. And it was also a bit of a mystery to find out if she would ever take the suit off and show him who she really was. And then after that, um, when you go to festivals and showcases or, or short films, um, and of them, either they're student films or independents, so you never know what you're going to get. It's like... Some kid, um, some films are not appropriate for children, and that's understandable as well. But I loved um, the film Open Carry, um, mm. which is about gun uh, trotting activists in the suburbs, not um, 
it's not appropriate for kids, but still I laughed so hard. I had tears, and I felt like a bust of gut. And then after that, the feature film of that night, which was my um, one of my other favorites, was Surge of Power, uh, Revenge of the Sequel. And it was an action-packed comedy about a superhero. And I got a kick out of this movie, and it was, um, it was filled with tons of guest appearances by well-known actors, such as really? Eric Roberts, who plays the villain, Robert Pic- Picardo, Mitchell, and so many more. And we also had the mayor of Las Vegas in this. We have so many other people, including Linda Blair, Richard Hatch from Survivor, the very first season, who was one of the very first winners, and just so many other people who just did a great job. And they all... That, that was, seems like a lot of people were in that film, especially... And uh, that's also with short, with independent with um, film festivals. Is sometimes you get to see some stars in lesser known films, and they sometimes play some of the best roles. And more promotion needs to be going to these festivals. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking. We just got done talking about uh, Octonauts, Slime Time, and also Let Hope Rise and the Top Gun 30th Anniversary. We're going to continue talking to Morgan about her experience at the International Burbank Film Festival. Now, for those people who haven't been to film festivals, what would you say would be their strategy when going to a a film festival? I think the correct strategy is, like, really trying to find stuff that you're interested in and trying to find, like, stuff that sounds good to you because there are so many films and it's going to be hard to catch them all, and they're all really good. So, like, think about it. Um, Like, okay... Do um do I want to see something about zombies or do I want to see something about a romantic date and find out which one would best suit you? Because the guys would probably want to go and see the zombie thing and the girls would probably want to go and see a date thing. So that would make sense. And um, this concludes to my Friday night, which um, which was drama. And they had the many films including How to Survive the Zombie Attack, The Visit, um... The Lion's Den, Birthday, uh, As We Say Goodbye, and uh, so many others. But the feature film, who I got to meet the director and um, both the stars to introduce the film, um, were just amazed to talk to. They were were part of The Girl, which was the feature film of the night. And I got to meet Jennifer Black Behan, I think. Hmm. And uh, that was actually just a pleasure meeting her. And I also got to meet Michael Bean and Tina Carrier. And they all did a fantastic job in this film. Very interesting. Now, what would you say uh, in this film festival that... Do you feel like those things be more promotion for? Like, what kind, what kind of film did you feel like did not gain like any recognition or anything like that? That you really want people to see if they can they they can look for. Um, I would have to say that one of the ones that didn't really get enough recognition was Absolutely Last Man's Club. It was my absolute favorite film out of all of them, to tell you the truth. And it was just really amazing. It's about army veterans, and I got to meet some incredible people. And it's mm-hmm. about how they were in um, World War Number Two, and how they wanted to all come back together because it's been so like years and years because they uh, used to fly air fire planes, and they were all part of the same like group. And they all slowly but surely got uh, taken 
uh, apart from each other because, like, some of them went to uh, homes and some of them went, uh, stayed and some one of them moved into a trailer. So it's kind of, like, all about how they separated their ways and then came back together again. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday was uh, family-friendly films. So yes. the sci-fi feature film for that night was I Aliens, and it was its thirty uh, anniversary. And I absolutely loved them. They also had Big Fish shorts, which I got to see, and they um had Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which I got to see. Then they which had Up as Well on the same day, and yes. just so many others. So and many films and so little. T- so many films and so little time. I mean, yes, no I, kidding. it was only four days. It was a whole day. day experience. And it's really hard to be able to, to sit down and watch movies all day. And I can only like tolerate like four movies for like one day. But the thing is, we're sadly out of time. But thank you very much, Morgan, for talking about your experience at the International Burbank Film Festival. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you so much for having me. And really quickly, um, I got to meet a lot of people from Paying Mr. Maggetti, which is a very hysterical film, which was on Sunday. And um, I also got to go to the amazing award ceremony, and that was so much fun because we got to uh, get some fantastic films and watch some of them, and they were just—it was just so much fun, really. Sounds like you had a blast. I really next—I can't wait for next year. I want to go check it out. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. Uh, to check out more reviews and DVD releases of the latest films, please go check out our website, www.kidsfirst.org. Also, go check out our blogs on our website. Our latest one is by Willie Jones. He just did an absolutely amazing blog about acting in film, portrayal, or presence. Uh, it's a really good read. Please go check it out, along with the other blogs we've created. And also check out our YouTube page and like and subscribe to see, to get more coverage of Kids First. Thank you for listening to our show. This show was sponsored by Gumby's 60 Series Volume 2. Thank you for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring.